All right, welcome to episode 33 of the Breaking Balls podcast. New episode, a new logo, but the same old co-hosts, the same old Thursday Night Football, and Bob, the same old Titans. Adam, I asked for a quarterback for Christmas. I asked for hope. And God delivered me an aeronautical engineer. Uh, You know what? It's okay. College football playoffs are coming up. Bowl season. Adam got a lot to break down. You played college football. Did Chapman ever go to a bowl? No. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 33 of the Breaking Balls podcast. We are here in the week where nobody works. We are here to support you, ho-ho-hos, and getting through the holiday season. Um, Took a little bit of a hiatus, spent some time with the family. Bob, we haven't talked in a while. We're kind of been saving it for the pod here. Go ahead. How was your Christmas, buddy? It was was good. You know, I, I... kind of dusted off the resume here at i'm thinking about applying to be the, the the new ceo of southwest airlines if anyone uh you know can get me into that gig i would love to you know crack my knuckles and see if i could make some mess of that but um no other than that nice little holidays you know honey baked tam mom made some lovely lovely chocolate chip cookies that uh, gained probably about four or five pounds this week but uh other than that no no pretty pretty good weekend pretty pretty good week with the family how about you well, Bob, pretty stereotypical Christmas for me. Uh, Christmas Eve, big Italian feast. We had eggplant parm. We had baked pasta. We had meatballs. We had sausage and peppers. It was a great time to be there. Followed it up. We continued the marathon of eating by having a prime rib the next day. And let me tell you, if you gained five, I gained ten, my friend, because it was tough to eat through all that. But then on top of that... We got Italian cookies. I call them Italian funeral cookies because every time one of my loved ones died, there they were sitting outside in the waiting room of the mortuary. But gosh darn it, are they delicious. Find me a better cookie than the thin chocolate crisp at a funeral and mm, a chef's kiss. But, you know, the holidays are always great. Good to spend time with family. Good to recharge a little bit. But you know what, Bob? I got to admit it. Not recording. I missed it a little bit. I missed being here. I missed breaking down the games with you. Um... You know, Thursday night football comes tonight. Was kind of excited to watch the game and thought, knowing we're going to talk about it, you know, kind of getting back into the swing of things. And, of course, who knows, Bob, maybe you could have done me a favor. The Titans win. The Eagles clinch the NFC East. So there I was crossing my fingers. And why don't you take it from here, Bob? Well, I feel like I shouldn't be here right now. I feel like I got injured and somebody else should come in and, you know, maybe be a backup, a third string on this podcast at this point. Uh, I don't even know if you can call them the Tennessee Titans at this point. It's the the Tennessee Asterix Titans. Uh, It's 34 now, I think, is the count on IR ad. And so, you know, I I teased it in the intro. If, If you know me personally, if you've known me for a long time, you know that... Uh, there's some qualms in my life that I have some some rivalries some some hatreds some some differences I have with some fan bases some teams and I think at the top of that list is the Tennessee Volunteers uh, whatever reason you know growing up in the the environment there 
Just not healthy mixture with me and the Vols. And so, you know, with the Titans and the Spiral, they've lost five in a row. What's the best recipe to get out of that funk ad? Bring in the best Tennessee quarterback since Peyton Manning. And just, hey, at least God has a sense of humor. I'll, you know, I'll tell you what, God has a sense of humor. Because as soon as I saw that not only had they signed him, when I was in the middle of work today, because some of us are working, Adam. Some of us have to keep this country running. I saw that Josh Jobs would be starting today. And, oh, God, have mercy. That is uh, not the notification you want. I'd almost rather an Italian wedding cookie. I'm sorry, Italian funeral cookie. Uh, at that point, it's all the same. But yeah. I, I don't know, Ad. It, it just, at this point, the Titans, they, they are what they are. It felt like a preseason squad out there. If you're a Titans fan and you could name half that team out there today, congratulations. You are a diehard fan. But um, I, I just kind of watched this out of just, you know, nothing else on. But uh, sorry we couldn't do you a favor, Eagles Nation. Yeah, a uh, little bit of, you know, I'll, I'll take the apology. Um, I'm not going to accept it because that just wouldn't be the Philadelphia fan thing to do would be to accept your apology for what happened. So I'm not going to do that. But, you know, Bob, we've seen the NHL kind of go to a model to where they're allowing helmet sponsors. And if the NFL does the same thing, I think the American Red Cross is going to be right there sponsoring the Tennessee Titans because, Bob, this over the past two years, I don't I think they've lost. I, I saw the stat before we started recording 84 guys on injured reserve in the past two years. I mean, there's there's an injury bug. There's cursed, and then there is whatever the hell is happening to the Tennessee Titans, dude. I, I, it's it's almost indescribable. They just keep getting hurt. There's nothing. It's just one of those things. You look at the roster at the beginning of the season, you think, oh, this team can make a playoff run, da 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 And here we are, and there's not a lot of oomph left there. And, you know, the media is really high on the Jags right now. People are really kind of talking about how – is this Jags team going to sneak in? And I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things. If you'd have told me it at the beginning of the year, especially, uh-oh, is that a hard nod? Is that a hard it's, nod that's, for the Jags, Bob? Not oh, a soft no. nod. I, I, Adam, at this point, I, you, if you guys have been listening to this podcast the last 10, 12 weeks, I, you know I'm not high on this Titans team, but the last, you know, I think this is a six-game losing streak now. With the Jags playing red hot, I mean, they've had to play perfect football the last two months, and they have. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's turned a corner with Doug Peterson. Why wouldn't you think the Jags are going to win next week? I, Josh Jobs is going to be your quarterback. Yeah, he showed flashes tonight, but, I mean, I know Derrick Henry runs through Jacksonville and is the king down there, but with the way that the, the momentum has been going in the AFC South, as a Titans fan, it's hard to be excited about next week. It really is. Yeah, I mean, you did say Josh Jobs shined, but I'm not sure if he shined with his on-the-field play or if that was just kind of the lights from the stadium kind of reflecting off his dome there, Bob. I'm, I'm not sure what it was, but um, flashes, you hope, is enough to get it done, especially if Derrick Henry can run the rock and can be the king like he has been down there in Jacksonville. But all eyes will be on that game next week. But until then, Bob, we've still got a full slate of games to go through. And we may as well start 10 a.m., as I like to call it, bright and early on the West Coast, Bob. Cardinals-Falcons in the morning. Adam, that's 10 a.m. on the new year, by the way. So not only is that an early start for you on the West Coast, but new year, you've supposedly got the demons cleansed out from the night before. That's that, you know, that's 
kind of turning a new leaf for everyone over there. Week 17. Well, you, know, you know, Bob, it's kind of funny that you mentioned kind of cleansing the demons here because the first game we're going to talk about, there's two teams that may need to cleanse some demons because it's the Cardinals and the Falcons. The Cardinals oh, more so than the Falcons because at least they're headed in the right direction. They look like they've kind of got some things going, maybe, if they get a quarterback. But, Bob, what's your thoughts on this game? We've been watching so many Christmas movies here, Adam. It feels like this one's going to be uh, more around October, and this one might be a horror movie. This could be The Exorcism right here. <laughs> I mean, I think you've got Colt McCoy that's going to be healthy, I, I believe, maybe. Uh, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. I, I, God, I, <laughs> I mean, obviously the Cardinals showed some fight on Sunday Night Football with the, the Bucks last week, you know. Handsome Cliff is not so handsome right now. That man looks like he has been through the ringer down there in the desert. Uh, Not a lot lot to say about this one, Ad. Just, you know, Falcons are eliminated from contention in that dumpster of a fire of a division, which says something. But as far as the analysis, besides puking on the stat sheet, there's not really one that I really have for you. Yeah, kind of a toss-up. You know, I guess if you looked at it in the preseason, you would have at least had two running quarterbacks with Mariota and Kyler Murray. But here we are with Desmond Ritter and Colt McCoy. So um, I don't know. This is one that I'm going to watch kind of with my eyes covered, maybe kind of peeking through my fingers in hopes that it doesn't kind of infect me with whatever stink that both of these teams have. So before it kind of is able to kind of get on us a little bit more, Bob, we should move on and talk about another game, a game that, you know, the stink is still kind of there for both of these teams, but we'll just have to see an AFC East showdown, the Dolphins and the Patriots, Bob. Um, we've got the Dolphins going in the wrong direction. A lot of question marks going into this game. The offense seems to be sputtering when, you know, at the beginning of the year, we couldn't say enough good things about Mike McDaniel. And there's one coach you don't want to see when you're struggling on the offensive side of the football, and it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots who, of course, haven't been great this year, but that defense still can cause some trouble. Bob, what do you think of this game? Well, first of all, um, if any of our listeners have a drink with them, I would like for you to raise that drink. We're not going to toast, by the way. We're about to pour this out. Pour, Pour a little bit out for Mr. Tua, who is once again dead. I... You hate to see it. I think this is the third conky this year, Ad. I, uh, we're, we're, we're stacking them up pretty quickly here at, a, at an alarming rate here. You know, obviously you said the, the Dolphins are going in the wrong direction here, but what's the better remedy than the Patriots who have found just the most improbable ways to lose the last two weeks that, you know, no matter how bad the Dolphins have been playing, do you really think that Mac Jones is going to beat anyone right now? I don't. I really don't. Uh, so I'm going to pick our young Shula, even with the quarterback question mark, whoever shows up, whoever's healthy enough to play, whoever volunteers to be that rag doll in the offense. And, uh, you know, I'm going to put my chips in the middle of the table and just kind of watch. You know, Bob, um, one can only pray for Bailey Zappi in this game because that is the type of electricity that could bring the voltage of the game up a little bit. Well, buzz, buzz that could get us a little bit of excitement. But to be honest with you, Bob, the only thing that I think of when I see Patriots-Dolphins is why was Gronk at safety? And and I know it's the most ridiculous thing because it happened years ago. You and I would have had better angles than that. 
Oh my gosh, dude. I mean, I, I, we may be a few years late to this party and criticizing Croft for that angle, but it was that bad and that memorable that every single time I see the Dolphins play the Patriots twice a year, I think of the fact that for some odd reason they stuck Gronk back there and, I mean, you would have thought that that may be the most improbable finish to a football game we'd ever seen until, of course, the Patriots came out two weeks ago and just said, hold my beer. So what is it with the Patriots with these weird finishes, Bob? I, who knows, man? But I think I'm going to go – I don't know. I mean, as far as a pick in this game, um, I, I, I can't pick the Patriots. I think I'm going to go with you. I'm going to stick with young Shula because – at this point, we've got all our chips on the table. What are we going to do? Back out on our guy now? That wouldn't be right. So, young Shula by a hundred. If the Patriots had won one of the last two games, even just one of them, not both, just one of them, they'd be in a great spot for the playoffs. This would be a huge game. Obviously, they're not out of it, but you know they need a lot to happen. But the Dolphins, you know, just they have a little bit more to play for for me. So, you know, I'm with you. I'm I'm going Dolphins. Yeah, I hear you, Bob. Well. Let's move on. Um, a game that I would like to talk about. Saints-Eagles at the link this this beautiful Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Bob, what do you make of this game before I get into my rant? This isn't fair to do, but I'm going to give you a hypothetical here. If, if, and we'll get to the college football part later, but if TCU wins on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon against Michigan, then Andy Dalton is going to have the horned frog, the hypno-toad powers to go to the link and propel the Saints into a win. I don't know how. Don't ask me why. I don't understand the powers that the hypno-toad has, but why not? So I'm saying if, 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 if that happens, then the Saints will win. But regardless, the Eagles are the much better team. They're just trying to keep the Vikings off that one seed, Adam. Uh, your team has a lot of different uh, weapons, even with Gardner Minshew in there. They are still a force to be reckoned with. Uh, the floor is yours. Well, Bob, um, you actually kind of stole my stole my thunder a little bit here because cool. this matchup is the Hypnotoad versus Minshew Mania. Of course, all of this can go to hell because Jalen Hurts did practice today, so... Philadelphia, hold your collective breath. If anybody in the greater Philadelphia area has a shoulder that they could go ahead and just donate, that would be lovely. We would appreciate it. I'm not sure what that surgery looks like, but one of those things that I guess we can experiment with. But, Bob, it's the Hypnotoad versus Minshew Mania. Um, I got to say, I thought Gardner Minshew was going to pull it off against the Cowboys. Um, the fact that he didn't, I just, as weird as it is, I shrugged off a loss to the Cowboys because I was like, at this point, they've got a backup quarterback. The defense didn't look great, which is obviously concerning. So looking for a big bounce back from the defense this week. I think the defense will show up against, I mean, I love Andy Dalton. And I think it's important to remember that he is probably top 15 in my favorite gingers list. But I don't have a ton of faith on him. Ten of faith. I'd love to see that list. I would love to see that. I'll, pub- I'll, I'll publish it in the off season. Don't worry. We'll we'll, we'll have to discuss the my favorite gingers. It's a it's a comprehensive think, list. There's a lot. I don't of think them. I like fifteen gingers think, in total. No, I think Andy Dalton comes in somewhere ahead of Carrot Top, um, but behind Amy Fisher. If that makes any sense. 
So, yeah. So anyway, we'll get into that list. We'll get into that list another time, Bob. But um, blah, 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 something, something, something. Eagles by 100. What's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go Eagles here just because it seems like the common pick. But um, I think the Saints are going to give them a little bit more of a fight than uh, than, than the Eagles fans think. Uh, weekly test here. Eagles head coach. What's his name? Uh, Nicholas Sirianni. Hey. Hey, it's the Eagles head coach. You didn't say, you said the Eagles head coach, not the Saints head coach. Did I say Eagles? Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, you said the Eagles head coach. That's why. That's why. I I had the answer to that one right on deck. I still, (laughs) Dennis Allen? It's Dennis Allen. It's Dennis Allen. It took 17 weeks, folks. It took 17 weeks, 33 podcast episodes. But Adam O'Shea knows the head coach to the New Orleans Saints. It is Dennis Allen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a round of applause for my co-host right it. there. He did, did it. it. He did it. Oh. oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I think honestly. Do you believe in miracles? No, it took everything inside of me to not say Dennis Green there. <laughs> but then I thought, no, no, no. Two first names, Dennis Allen. Nailed it, Bob. Take that, America. Well, you know, I officially would like to place my pick for the Eagles now, no matter even if TCU wins. I think that uh, that is is karma. The Eagles officially own the Saints if they know the head coach's name. Oh, goodness gracious, Bob. Well, we're talking about the Eagles owning the Saints. We may as well move on to a team that the Titans have owned for a while here, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. They head into beautiful East Rutherford, New Jersey to play the New York football giants in a game of football. Bob, what say you about this one? You know, you go to East Rutherford, and you know the staple of that stadium is Big Blue, right? Big Blue. Everyone's going to see Big Blue. I ain't talking about the Giants, folks. I'm talking about Jeff Saturday's eyes. Those big blues right there. Wow. I mean, those will those will get you. You need to take a life vest or you're going to drown in those things. But um, as far as the actual on-field, God only knows what the Colts quarterback situation is going to be. I guess it's Sam Ellinger, Nick Foles. It's going to be Nick Foles this week. Matt Ryan is going to be the dad on the, the, the sidelines or in the box just kind of watching. I, you know, I respect it. Jeff Saturday's running the regime. People didn't think it was going to go smoothly, and lo and behold, it didn't go smoothly. It didn't go well. I think the Giants, you know, Brian Dable's a real head coach. They may not be the most talented, but they run through Saquon, and they're, you know, doing it well the last few weeks. So just by default, with having a real head coach, I'm going to go with the, the, the Giants and the real big blue this week. Well, not only that, Bob. The Giants have a real head coach, and their head coach has a real fucking mustache. Because that mustache-goatee combo we got coming on Brian Dable right now, I mean, elite. Elite, brother. I mean, I'm going to have a hard time betting against facial hair like that. I mean, it's just one of those things. You take a look at it, it's almost distracting. And then you go ahead and put on the fact that they can just run the ball at will. Um, and I just, honestly, the Colts are a dumpster fire right now. I mean, I love Nine Inch Nick more than just about anybody. Thanks for the Super Bowl, pal. But I I just don't – it was one of those things. I, I almost didn't recognize him by his play last week. I talk about a guy who was falling off a cliff, but so goes the entire Colts. I'm going to take the Giants in this game just because they've got a little bit more going for him, Bob. Yeah, nope. Uh, like I said, I'm going Giants here, but um... – 
nine, nine, okay, yeah, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to let you have that moment. Well, I mean, you could say what you want to say, but you have to remember that there's a statue of that man outside of Lincoln Financial Field. I just didn't know that analytics had a number on it, but that's good to know. Good. No, yeah, it's important. I mean, it's one All of right. those things. What, what, you think he wears number nine because it's just a coincidence? No. It's not wow. a coincidence, Bob. I no think wonder you know. Tom, No wonder Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were so good. Anyway, um, Bob, speaking of Tom Brady, we may as well head down to... Oh, wow, Doug, Doug Flutie. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anyway. Oh, Doug man. Flutie. No wonder they oh, sent him to the Canadian on. League. Hold on a second. <laughs> college, hey, college Doug Flutie, 22. That's what I'm saying. Oh, boy. That's what I'm talking oh, about. I That's why they sent him to Canada. Number. Oh, oh no, I'm talking about. Well, I think it's Doug Flutie. I think it's 22. So I'm, I'm thinking that's why they sent him to Canada. But anyway, you know, before like we go, broken. Or, no, hold on, hold on, hold off. on. There's something broken about the analytics here because Warren Moon wore number one. Well, There's got uh, there, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I think he. But you know what, Bob? Before metric. before we get ourselves before we get ourselves into too much trouble here, um, we mentioned Tom Brady, so we may as well head on down to the. Beautiful NFC South, <laughs> Panthers and the Bucks. Beautiful. Bob, we're playing divorced guys out there. What, what say you about this game? Uh, we're playing divorced guys out there. Is that the lead into this? Is that the <laughs> lead into like, this game? <laughs> did you have anything else? <laughs> no. No. I. I no. I'm just, wow. <laughs> Tom Brady's oh, okay. family didn't deserve that. That's, well, it's Christmas. It is the holidays, Adam. Well, hey, two Christmases. Well, the alimony and the, the settlement says that you have to give analysis first on this one then because of that. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, Honestly, I think we're going to get another year of Tom Brady. Hopefully we get an, a better offensive line, um, especially with the fall of FTX. Poor guy's going to be playing in the NFL until he's 55 years old. So um, at this point, Bob, I think the Panthers have found a way to kind of be frisky this year. Um, are they frisky enough to beat the Bucks, who kind of need a win? I don't know. And I think Tom Brady, um, Tom Brady's in this spot, Bob, where he's, He's trying to use his arm because, let's face facts, his arm hasn't gone anywhere. It's still there. His issue will always be mobility and whether or not they can protect him. So if the Bucks can protect him, I think they will go in and win this game at home very easily. But if not, if they let the Panthers hang around, there's a chance the Panthers steal this game from them, Bob, which I don't know, man. Hell may freeze over, but don't, don't. Don't sleep on the Panthers. I'm picking the Bucks. I'm going to say that right now, but don't sleep on the Panthers, Bob. No, don't sleep on the Panthers. They mollywhopped the hottest team in the league last week with the Lions, or one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest. If you would have said a month ago, especially two months ago, especially three months ago, that Week 17 would come down to the Panthers and the Buccaneers and the, the Panthers control their own destiny... <laughs> After trading Christian McCaffrey, after firing Matt Rule, after getting rid of Baker Mayfield, who is also his starting quarterback for the Rams, which this league just keeps surprising, but we'll get to that later. After all of this, Sam Darnold, Deonta Foreman, Chubba Hubbard, DJ Moore, I mean, that offense somehow has found a way to 
be enough the last few weeks. And that ground game ran through the lines this week or last week. The Bucks rush defense has been susceptible. I'm just saying there is a chance, like you said, this this Panthers team is pretty darn good when you take them lightly the last few weeks. And it's crazy that we've even gotten to this point, Adam. That's my thing. It's just crazy that we've gotten to this point. Week 17, the Panthers are the ones that control their own destiny with the Bucs. How did we get here with Steve Wilkes as the head coach? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Bob, nobody has any idea. Um, they've, they're just a scrappy crew. And, I, I mean, I wish I had the Nick Foles or the Lonzo Ball to pick against Tom Brady in this game, but I don't. I simply don't. I think the guy's been in the league too much. He's won too many games like this where we've counted him out. Weird things happen. I think this is the week where Brady pulls it together. That being said, I've been saying that for the past 17 weeks. So, or probably not 17, maybe 14, because there was the first three weeks of the season where we were just kind of like, okay, maybe it'll da 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 But I don't know. I, I got to pick the Bucks in this one, but... Ooh, those Panthers are frisky, Bob. They may be getting a little bit of a money line touch from me. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's tempting. It's tempting. I, I'll go with the the Bucks with you, but it'd be fun if the Panthers won, wouldn't it? Yeah, would be fun. Well, Bob, speaking of teams that would be fun if they performed, um, the Broncos and the Chiefs in an AFC West matchup. <laughs> if you would have talked about this game, if we talked about this game before the season, this probably, oh, it would have been division hopes. We would have had all sorts of storylines. And instead, it's same old Chiefs and what has been the same old Broncos. Um, Nathaniel Hackett obviously getting fired. Um, I don't think he's the problem in Denver. We can get into that in depth a little bit more on another time if you want to. Um, but Russell Wilson's still their quarterback. Maybe. Who knows? Are they benching him? Or are they not? Bob, what say you about this game? Broncos fans, there officially is no more excuses now for Russ. It's, you know, everyone, oh, it's Hackett. It's the play calling. Well, he's gone. You know, next year, it's all Russ now. Uh, you had a couple players finally come out and defend him after an article came out where Russ has his own, I guess, office in the coaching room and, uh, you know, whatever. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's a little no. bit just kind of digging at Russ. But you finally had some players come out and defend him, but it almost felt forced. The Broncos were retweeting the players that were tweeting about Russ. Like, that's how bad it's gotten. I understand Hackett was the first year head coach. You know, you're going to have growing pains. We've said it for weeks. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse here. But when you bring in someone like Russell Wilson and you give a king's ransom, no matter what your coaching staff looks like, the quarterback has to elevate that. And it has not only not elevated it, it's probably hampered the team. I mean, defense is elite. If they scored 17 points, this team is probably, what, 12-3? and three? I mean, Russ has got to figure it out. This offseason's huge for him, Ad. Uh, this game, you know, more than anything, is just building toward the future. No Nathaniel Hackett. No more excuses. You know, Bob, you said you didn't want to beat a dead horse there, but you had no problem beating a dead Bronco. And I'm going to throw some shots at it, too, because at this point, Russell Wilson better better figure it out. I mean, there was all sorts of excuses. We I don't know if he wasn't charged correctly, if he didn't plug himself into the right outlet. What the heck's going on there? But at this point, you're paying him way too much money. You're getting way too much out of that defense. He's got talent around him. Put up or shut up, man. And it starts this week, in my opinion. Um, you got to – I. I would expect to see that kind of new 
you know, whenever you fire a coach or anything like that, you kind of get that little burst of energy through a locker room. And hopefully the Broncos can kind of get a little bit of that. Um, this is the type, this is what you pay Russell Wilson for, for situations like this, where you need leadership, where you need a guy who's going to come out and kind of stable the right the ship and keep things stable in a storm with the coach getting fired. So I'll be very interested to see how the Broncos respond to all of this this week, because I was right there with you, Bob, a lot of that stuff supporting him and the Broncos retweeting it. And it just felt forced. So let's see if they can turn over a new leaf. Dude. I mean, that's the weird thing is that it's like, we've seen guys come out and like support their teammates and things like that. But when the team gets involved, it just kind of, I don't know, man, It, it, it almost feels like there's, this is getting to Russ. This is getting. It's one of those things that it's kind of getting under his skin a little bit. It's getting to Sierra. It's getting to Sierra. Let's let's call it what it is. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's automatic, hypnotic, something, something, funky, fresh. And at this point, I I don't know if she's going to run back to future. At this point, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous, Bob. I don't know what this looks like for the rest of the. Time. I'll be honest. I I couldn't name a single song of hers. Oh, one two steps a banger, brother. You're you're very wrong. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't dance. I don't dance. No. Yeah, gangsters don't dance. They boogie, Bob. I know. It's okay. You you don't have to tell me. I I get it. But something wrong with my hips. I think. I think I'm like Bo Jackson. My hips don't lie. Oh, Bob, that's the greatest athlete of a generation that was too powerful for his own hip joint. You leave him be. I thought you were talking about me. No, anyway. Episode thirty-four of the Breaking Balls podcast is officially the Bo Jackson episode for the record. Anyway, it is. It is Earl Campbell. Eh. or Walter Payton, because we're going to talk about the Bears facing off against the Lions. This is another game that just kind of feels like football because it's two classic NFL teams going at each other. Bob, what do you got on this one? First of all, I, for the Bears today, I don't know if you saw this, and this is has nothing to do with the actual team, but I saw that Kevin Warren has rumored to be in the mix with their president and GM hunt now, the Big Ten commissioner, which – completely out of left field if they get him that's either a home run hire or a, a disaster but it's very bears one way or the other uh, oh. i'm very curious to see how that unfolds there but i had to mention that with the bears as something to watch with them just kind of in the off season there with this game it, you know kind of joke about it every week but it's justin fields you know he has one really incredible athletic play a week that you're saying, oh my God, this dude is somebody you got to build around. And then the rest of the game is his passing ability is just very uninspiring, I guess is the word. It's not, you know, awful. It's not Lamar Jackson levels. It's not, you know, Blaine Gabbard or anybody like that. But it's it's not great. No, There's a lot of flashes there. But at the same time, you know, you got to have some sizzle with the stake. Can't just be all sizzle. It's got to be a little steak. You know, one highlight a week isn't enough when you're three and twelve. And I know you don't have a lot of talent around him, but you know, you've got to you've got to show something there. As far as the lines, they're right in the middle of this wild card hunt ad. I know tough loss last week, but a fun team to watch. I don't see why they're not going to keep it rolling here. Yeah, I just think if you're looking at the two teams, what really do the Bears stand to win? Stand to gain from winning this game? And the Lions have a lot more in play. Um, I think the hungrier dog's going to run a little bit faster here, as we always say. But just to kind of piggyback on your Justin Fields comments, um, what I have noticed in my all-22 all breakdown of Justin Fields 
is sometimes it, with his release, he's coming down and he's not following. It's very weird. It's going to be one of these things you're going to listen to me and you're going to say, Adam, what the fuck are you saying? But it's the truth. With his follow through, the way that his arm action is going, his ball has got a tail. So it's kind of like a golfer of golf swing. If you come over the top and slice it, your ball is going to end up going a little bit to the right. That's what's happening with Justin Fields' throw at the moment. He's throwing a little bit too much across his body. Ball's got a little bit of a tail floating out there. Not as accurate as it should be. So that's a mechanics issue. We'll be interested to see if he can fix that. We'll be interested to see if anybody is telling him that, if he's got the right people around him. But I'm telling you, Bob, that ball's got a tail. Well, and that's something that, you know, you bring in a coach, you know, in his second season. You get rid of Matt Nagy, offensive guy. You bring in a defensive head coach with, you know, Everfloss. That's you know, not a bad thing, but, you know, for someone who you're developing a quarterback round, you got to make sure that the coaching staff is right and tailored to him, too. So, you know, that offensive side's got to be the right pre- people. And like you said, you know, a lot of things to develop with him. Uh, the athleticism is there. That big arm, you know, it's just that, you know, can you get the fundamentals and the consistency more than anything? It's the, it's the consistency. You know, yeah. when you're in high school, and even in college, when you're just better than everyone, you can rely on your talent. Yeah. Can't in the NFL when everyone's it's equal playing field. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I was going to say, Bob. Is you know, Justin Fields has relied on being a freak athlete every step along the way of his athletic career. And welcome to the NFL, buddy, because everyone in the league is a freak athlete. There's no such thing as just a a standard athlete that type of thing. And unless you're looking at linemen, there's some good offensive linemen who are pretty good athletes that type of thing. But I mean. You're in a league full of freaks. So if that's the only thing that separates you and makes you the player that you are, you're going to need to add another tool to the toolbox. I'm just very interested to see if he'll do it. Um, Transitioning to the Lions really quick here, Bob, because I've been big on the Money Lions all year. And let me tell you, if there was a game that for some odd reason they were to come out and lose, it would be this one. This feels like the game that the Lions lose. And I hate to say it because I want them to win so badly. I want good things for this franchise. But, Bob, bad things happen to Detroit. And I think everybody would be lying if they didn't agree with me and say, this feels like a game that the Lions could lose. I don't know, though. I I, I grew up in the generation that we, we grew up with 08 Detroit. And I'm not talking about the football team. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm with you there, Ad. It would be very fitting if the Packers somehow snuck into the wild card over the Lions somehow in these last few weeks. But that's why they play the games. I'm very curious to see because the Lions have a lot of momentum and talent, even with the loss last week. You know, no excuses. They've got to beat a, uh, a Bears team like this. They have to. Otherwise, they yeah. don't deserve it. No, I agree. Um, really looking to massage something out of this season. And speaking of massages... We've got the Browns going to beautiful FedEx Field to play the Commanders, the Command Skins, as I lovingly call them on this podcast. Bob, why don't you rub this one out? Go ahead and give me your analysis. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna even go there. I'm, I'm not even gonna go there. FedEx Field, beautiful time. We're, we're, we're not gonna force any comments here. We're not. That's the last thing we're gonna do about the Browns here. Oh, we uh, honestly around Brown talk. We 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 honest to God shouldn't force anything. I mean, they've gotten no. in enough trouble for that. So no. continue. So, uh, you know, FedEx Field. You know, dangerous field for knees. You know, would hate to see any mobile quarterbacks get hurt out there. Um, uh, 
Deshaun has struggled the last few games since he's come back. You hate to see it there. As far as the command skin side, let's talk about some positives here. You know, they've been red hot. And then, all of a sudden, the Taylor Heineke magic, it feels like, kind of fell apart there, Adam. And so, they had to break the glass case in case of emergency and deployed Carson Wentz. The Wentz show is back. He came in last week kind of in relief duty. I think that's the the right term, right? Relief pitcher. He came in relief. All there right, we go. you're going to have to stop fucking doing baseball I'm starting to think you're a closet baseball fan, Bob. I'm telling you. At this point, it's starting to make too much sense. I don't get it. Well, you, you know, I've been I've been on tour at all since since the 04 season. So, um, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. Anyway, uh, no, I, you know, Wentz comes in in relief. That's what you're paying him for. Moments like this where you're still in the playoff hunt. Taylor Heineke got you to a certain point, but, you know, Carson Wentz has a higher ceiling. Let's call it what it is. And when he can play at a high level, I know, Adam, it pains you to say, but he did play like an MVP at Philadelphia, and he got you to the point where Nick Foles carried you the rest of the way. You have to admit that. You have to. I know it pains you, but that little ginger fuck did it. You know, Bob, um, as we were talking about my list of favorite gingers, um, just so you know, Carson Wentz isn't on the list. He's fallen out of favor. At one time, he was in the top 10, but he has fallen out of favor for obvious reasons. Um, I'm I'm just going to go out on a whim and say it, Bob. I think Taylor Heineke's ceiling's a little bit higher. I think he's got more athletic ability. I think guys believe in him a little bit more. He's a gamer. I just think with Carson Wentz, you know exactly what you're going to get. And if you want the truth, he peaked. He peaked in Philadelphia. I, I, I genuinely believe that. I think that was the best football. Oh, agreed. We were gonna, agreed. We were going to, I think that's the best football we're going to see out of Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the, I, I don't know what the long-term solution is for the command skins here, because obviously Taylor Heineke hasn't shown you enough to make it him, but Carson Wentz, you've put a lot of money into. And at this point, that's kind of starting to look like a bad decision. So a lot of question marks there, as there seems to always be around that team. And then, of course, you throw in some federal indictments, and things just get a little bit shadier around there. So. But the roster's not bad. It's the court. They're 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 too good to tank. They're too bad. They're too bad to be good. Uh, it's it's a catch twenty two there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we may as well start calling them nineteen forty three because they're in no man's land. I mean, they're they're literally in no man's land trench warfare. I mean, I guess that's World War One, so we'll have to call them 1917, but whatever. It's trench warfare for them, man. They're kind of caught in no man's land. They don't know whether to go back, go forward. Um, but at some point, somebody's got to make a decision within that organization. I think, obviously, Ron Rivera is a great leader, so if anybody is tasked to do this and kind of right the ship, I would trust Ron Rivera. But a lot of question marks there, Bob. Um, just too many to kind of really make predictions of the future there, but... Bob, let's take a look at the lovely AFC South because the Jags head down to beautiful Houston, Texas to play the Texans. How AFC South would it be if the Texans beat the Jaguars in this game, Bob? Texans are getting hot, you know. What can you say? Jags, this game does not matter for them. Why not let the Texans win another? Have a win streak here. Uh, get, you know, Lovey Smith. You know, this is Christmas time. 
we should have known last week he was going to win with that beard right before Christmas. Oh. We should have known. The, the yeah, writing was... was on the wall on Christmas Eve. That should yeah. have been a max bet right there. Yeah, that's a miss uh, on our part for sure. This is holiday season. This is lovey time. Wouldn't be surprised if some of that magic carried over. Uh, maybe somebody returned something and, you know, Santa had to run it back out. Late gift. Maybe something like that for this week here. Wouldn't be shocked if the Texans won with the, the Jags kind of resting up. Uh, but that being said, you know, the Jags roster is much better uh, regardless of who's out there. I don't know. I, I Seems like a meaningless game, but, you know, I'm, I'm still going to pick the Jags. You know, um, it's been said before that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. But I believe whoever said that didn't watch a lot of NFL football because there's a lot of talent on one side of this on one side of this game. You got Trevor Lawrence on the, you know, you got Travis Etienne. You got a ton of just dudes. You got dudes on the Jags, and then you've got Davis Mills. I mean, let's just simplify the matchup, as I am so prone to do. Let's look at the quarterbacks: it's Trevor Lawrence versus Davis Mills, the neck versus the hair. I am taking the hair, Bob. Most men would pick the neck, but you know, I digress. Well, anyway, where are we off to next? Let the band play neck, and we're going to head out to the West Coast, Bob, because California knows how to kick the Raiders out. Just kidding. There's only one team from Northern California in this game. They're going to head to Las Vegas and play the Raiders. This used to be a fun Bay Area matchup where we could at least watch, you know, Marshawn Lynch, maybe dance to some Mac Dre on the sideline. Who knows? But, Bob, we're headed to the Death Star on the Las Vegas Strip. So what, what do you make of this game? I like the Niners. You're right. This game should be played in in the Bay Area one way or another. Uh, it, it kind of feels like a neutral site bowl game or something like that over at Allegiant. <laughs> but uh, I, it's no Derek Carr. No Derek Carr. Uh, it's Jared Stidham's team. Derek Carr is not even allowed in the building. I don't know whose decision that was. If it was mutual. Uh, he won't even be in the building or around the team the next few weeks. So, End of the era, I think he's been there nine years. He's been through the ringer over there. Broken femurs, playoff losses. I think his team, since he's been there, is 32nd in the league on defense average. I mean, that guy has never had help. Strange, strange to say, you know, he's overrated and underrated at the same time there. Uh, but he kind of is. Uh, with this Jared Stidham offense, I don't really know what to expect with the Raiders here. So I'm, I'm just going to pick the Niners here because they are probably the hottest team in football right now. And, you know, outside of Brock Purdy, who's playing at a high level, the team really doesn't have any weaknesses with that defense and the weapons they have on offense, not even with Debo. You know, Bob, I'm going to say something absolutely nuts here, but I'm taking Jared Stidham and the Raiders in this game. Oh, no. You just talked me into it. I'm going to be honest with you. And I, I just, I don't believe in Brock Purdy. I think he's going to fall back to that regression line. For all you analytics nerds out there, I think he's gonna he's gonna regress back to his mean, per se. That's the smartest thing you'll ever hear me say on this podcast. But I think we're gonna I think we're gonna start to see a little bit of regression. So, like I said in last week's pod, I think this team's getting a little bit too Christian McCaffrey heavy. Um, I think if they don't find a way to spread out the ball, um, they could be in for some trouble. So I think we're going to see an inspired performance from this Raiders team, especially at home, you know, kind of maybe a little bit of taking a week off from the, from the Niners. So 
like I said, I like the Niners, but I wouldn't be shocked about the Raiders winning this game. And you know what? No, I'm I'm getting more certain. Jared Stidham by a hundred, Bob. Stidham's gonna go out there and he's gonna show everybody why he's an artillery cannon that has just been sitting on the sideline in Las Vegas for no reason. Because for some odd reason, everybody and their mom decided that Derek Carr is the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Preseason, of course. Before he played a game, we just said, oh, they played well together at Fresno State. Devontae Adam and him are going to be so good together. That was so stupid. Dumb. Now they're not even letting him in the fucking building. So that's all I have to say about that is maybe, just maybe, we should judge players for what they are on the field as opposed to what their agent is telling you in your text messages. That is all. Well, if we hadn't, I don't think we are definitely not going to get Derek Carr on the podcast now. So that solidifies that. Uh, yeah. You know, it, hard to disagree with you there. I mean, obviously he has not had a lot of help, but uh, the weapons around him he has on offense, it, nine years, you know, just at some point you've got to have some kind of success to break through. So it feels like a clean break for everyone is probably needed here. Very curious to see what happens here. Uh, that Raiders quarterback job's not bad. You know, a lot of weapons. You're in a great brand new stadium, great city, no income tax there. I mean, hey, there's a lot of worse destinations than Las Vegas, Nevada for the Raiders. Yep, and one of those worst destinations would be the New York Jets. Just kidding. They're actually a very good roster. They've just got all sorts of problems at the quarterback position, and that's because they let Geno Smith go, who's returning, <laughs> or they're coming to him this week for the Geno Smith revenge game. It's the Jets and the Seahawks. Bob, what say you about this one? This is the right back bowl, I believe. This is where we officially, the last game of the season, Geno has had a resurgence, if you will, and it has come back to earth. And this is his last shot here against a former team. This could be the official they wrote back game here right now where, you know, the, Bob, where the Jets just crushed, you know, it's, it's bowl season. So I'm going to call this one the Bic get right, get right and right back bowl. This is exactly what this game sponsored by Bic or Sharpie, whichever pen, whichever pen you prefer. I'm a Sharpie 0.7 tip fine, you know, oh, the best pen or the Uniball 0.7 fine tip. The Rolls Royce of pens, by the way. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. The best pen in the game. But we're going to learn if Geno Smith can write this week, Bob. I'm more of a Dixon Ticonderoga pencil man because I am prone to make mistakes. And I think me and Matt Patricia like to chew on pencils. But, you know, Adam, it just feels like this might be, you know, a roller coaster where everyone came up, 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 up. And then the Seahawks slowly started to crash down. And this kind of feels like the end of it here. I don't know. I, I would like to think otherwise. I would like to think that Geno has a good game here. Maybe it's a good, you know, back and forth between Mike White and Geno Smith. But, you know, this Jets roster is very talented. And it feels like the Seahawks were kind of playing a little bit better than their, their talent said earlier in the season. And I just, I think the Jets need this one a little bit more here. Yeah, I hear you on that one. Um, I, I just think the Jets defense is is too good. I think, honestly, they're going to wreak havoc on that offensive line for the Seahawks. And I don't think Geno's going to have much of an answer for it. So even with all of the issues that the Jets are having at the quarterback position, in Mike White, we trust. And I'm going to take the Jets at this one, Bob. So 
We may as well move on, and I am angry at myself for not thinking of the bowl theme sooner, but we've got a perfect bowl. It's the Tillamook Cheese Bowl, because the Vikings are headed to Green Bay to play the Packers and a bunch of cheeseheads. Bob, the Vikings are literally the most sus team in the NFL. Nobody really knows what to do with them. And then we've got Aaron Rodgers on the other side of things, so... I'd love to hear your opinion and your analysis on this game, brother. The Tillamook Cheese Bowl, huh? Yeah. All right. All right. I like right, what that. What do you want to just... do? Do you want to do? Do you want to do craft? Uh, no, that's way too basic. That's way too basic. That's what Dude, I'm I just... saying. We could go Tillamook. We could go Baby Bell. I mean, I can Listen, name all sorts of cheeses. Just, it is 11:42 on a Thursday night, the week after Christmas, and I didn't expect to hear the word Tillamook. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I just, that one caught me off guard. We, we talked about quarterbacks, dick size earlier and the Tillamook cheese is the part that I'm more concerned about this podcast, but oh, no. um, that just tells you what breaking balls is all about. Your Wait, ethos, your pathos and your pathos right there. Wait a minute. You were talking about dicks earlier. I was talking about quarterback numbers. Well, anyway. I need a distraction. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Conway Twitty. Oh, Lord. Oh, no, goodness I, I, gracious. I, Adam, before we go too off the rails here, I'm curious your thoughts on this one here. Um, You know, everything that I've seen this year says the Vikings are going to win this game. And that feels very, very weird. Because it almost feels like I'm picking against my inner child. Because in what world do the Vikings go into Green Bay and beat the Packers? But at this point, the the Vikings have a horseshoe up their ass, Bob. And that that's really the only way to kind of describe it. They found a way to win these games. I mean, and a lot of people aren't giving them credit for it because, oh, the worst, you know, the worst, uh, whatever the hell their record is by now. I don't even know anymore because they just keep winning football games. And no, I'm, yeah. I, I just... For whatever reason, I, who who am I to tell them when the magic is going to stop? So I, I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. You may not be the one that tells them when the magic stops, but the man that does ayahuasca and every drug known under the sun will tell them when the magic has stopped. And Aaron Rodgers, the genie in the bottle, you know, hey, the Vikings, they're already in the playoffs. They've won the division. They had that big week one win against the Packers where they dominated them. Hunger dogs eat. We say it every single week on this podcast, and the Packers are in a position where they have to win this game to keep stay in that wild card hunt with everyone around them. I just, you know, a close game like this, who, who's really going to pick against Aaron Rodgers here? That's my thing. I know. I, I know the Vikings are a team of destiny. Now, I'm a big fan of this Vikings team. I am on the same wagon with you about how they feel like they're a different team, but um, at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, you go. it's it's one of those things, Bob. I don't know who he's going to throw the ball to, but if he finds someone, I, I you almost got to believe in A.A. Ron. But anyway, we'll move on, Bob, because you've heard of the Armed Forces Bull, and, you know, everybody loves the Armed Forces Bull, but this is something that I like to call the Social Services Bull because we're headed to Los Angeles, Bob. It's the Rams and the Chargers. We're going to be in beautiful Inglewood, California. Bob. What say you about the two California teams getting together here? Southern California. I mean, 
two teams in their own stadiums that neither fan base really wants them to be in either stadium. I, I, I mean, <laughs> call it what it is. I, I mean, the Rams. Neither of these teams the, are the most popular team in LA. Uh, no, the Rams have more of a claim to it than uh, than the Chargers do. But when the Rams were here the first time, they played in Anaheim. So if there's an LA team, it's the Raiders. So we just keep messing this up. Adam, that is like you and me saying like I have a more of a claim to Carrie Underwood because I live in Nashville and I've seen her at Preds games more. Like neither one of us still have a claim to that city. It, it just it doesn't matter at the end of the day. They're not picking us. They're not picking us. No. So <laughs> I, I you look at this matchup here. If I would have told you even a month ago that Baker Mayfield versus Justin Herbert in SoFi Bowl, I mean. What a time to be alive here, really. Uh, what a what a beautiful simulation that we are living in with the NFL in 2022. You got Josh Dobbs on the Titans. You got Baker Mayfield on the Rams. I, I'm expecting Tom Brady to be on the Lions next week. At this point, I don't care. I, I'm, I'm expecting them to dig up Jared Lorenzen to play in the wild card game for the Bills. I am. Rest in power, King. Rest in power, Jared. But anyway, uh, you know, Chargers are a Jekyll and Hyde team. They can win ugly. They can lose ugly. They can win ugly. They can they can win pretty. You really don't know with them, man. So, you know, the the Rams with McVay, they're kind of it feels like auditioning Baker for the role long term here. They you know put up fifty one against a good Broncos defense last week. Ad, I I really don't know what to expect with these two teams. I, I'd like to think the Chargers are going to win and they're the better team in the playoff hunt. All they got to do is win and they clinch a berth here, but with the Chargers, it's not easy. So I'm going to pick the Rams. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Okay. I'm going to. I mean, betting against Herbie Foley loaded, huh? You sure about that? Okay. I like where this, your heart's at. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm betting against him. Just because last week was the very first time he has been over 500 in his career, finally. 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 Well, you know what, Bob? I, 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 I'm I, going to have a tough time picking against him here. I, I just think they're better yeah. at the quarterback position. The Rams have just been getting killed. Honestly, it just hasn't been pretty. Um, and, you know, we've kind of seen things go horribly for the Rams. I mean, my poor grandmother, who doesn't follow any bit of football. But... Um, her husband was a diehard Rams fan and asked me, hey, are the Rams going to make the playoffs this year? And I had to break it to my poor grandmother that the Rams are actually terrible after winning the Super Bowl because who would have thought that they'd have been able to stick around? But, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Um, I think the fall continues this week, even with the new look offense with Baker Mayfield. Um, obviously, Matt Stafford coming back next year, so I don't know if that's a good thing, bad thing. I, who knows? So a lot of question marks for the Rams. I just think there's a little bit more, a little bit more to play for, for the Chargers here who, you know, clinched through a bunch of losses last week. So I'll take the Chargers in this one. No, I, it seems like the smart pick, but you know, like I said, with the Chargers, there's, there's no such thing as easy and straightforward. So why not a little chaos here in week 17? Yep. All right, Bob. Well, I'll give you an option on this last bowl game because we can either call it the Edgar Allan Poe Bowl or we can call it the Rolling Stones Paint It Black Bowl because the Steelers are going to play the Ravens and there's going to be a lot of dark colors on the field. 
So let's talk about this game, Bob. Quote the Raven nevermore. Um, I am just going to go ahead and uh, try and bring this one right back on the rails here. Um, A lot of dark colors, Bob. Black, purple, black, orange, yellow. Couple couple diamonds to represent the rivers there in Pittsburgh on the helmet. I mean, just a lot of dark colors. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, you, you got Kenny uh, Pickett versus Tyler Huntley. Um, that's that's a, that's a that's a tough matchup there. Um, <laughs> Kenny Pickett um. actually hasn't looked too bad. Last <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together here, buddy. I am trying here. Just to look, do man, somewhat of a job. Look, you just mentioned that it is almost midnight there, and I figured that I would test your metal a little bit because the Edgar Allan Poe Bowl would have been fun, but the Rolling Stones painted black ball. I think we got to go with the painted black bowl, Bob. It's the only name for this game. But since you're struggling here, why don't I? Uh, why don't I jump in and kind of make things make things a little bit better? Take over for old Keith Richards over here, please. Yeah. Um. You know, Jack and Jill went over the hill, but Najee Najee Harris may jump over that hill because oh my gosh, that hurdle was reminiscent of his days back in Alabama. Um. Lord knows what you're going to get out of him every week, but. I mean, as far as the Steelers go, I, I just, I don't know. I, whenever I see Steelers-Ravens, I just I just picture Ben Roethlisberger walking into the stadium with, like, a sling, a couple walking boots, just barely making his way into the stadium, but still finding a way to win the game. And I just think the Steelers got this one, man. I, I don't think Tyler Huntley is, is meh. He just doesn't do anything for me. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just, something about it, I mean, of course, as a diehard Utah fan myself, um, really tough for me to say that, and especially with the Utes going to the Rose Bowl, us Ute fans are very excited. But um, I think the big win will be saved for Utah this week, Bob. Um, I don't. I, I like the Steelers in this one. No, that's 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 fair. I I actually thought about picking the Steelers because they have the momentum. It feels like the Ravens have been kind of squeaking out wins that they really shouldn't have in the Lamar's absence. But you know, at the end of the day. That Ravens defense is very good. They're playing against a rookie quarterback. No matter how well he's played the last few weeks, especially getting the ball into the weapons around him, their hands, uh, not making Kenny Pickett do too much. That being said, I just think the Ravens have, you know, that championship medal uh, as far as the division-wise where they've had the Steelers number the last few years. Uh, They just have found ways to win. It's kind of like the Vikings where – Hasn't been pretty, definitely hasn't been pretty for the Ravens. Uh, you know, Low-scoring slugfest games, but at the end of the day, defense, a run game, and Justin Tucker are a great success for long-term sustainability in the NFL. So I'm going to pick them. Yep. Well, Bob, I think that's enough NFL talk for the week before we get ourselves canceled. I mean, Ooh, we really had to bring that goodness. one home at the end there. That was, that was a swing at the end there. Uh, you tested my medal. Hey, Goodness man, I told gracious. you, you got some, sometimes you got to keep the co-host awake just to make sure he's still on his game, even though it's getting a little bit late for him. Um, one more little quick story that we'll touch on from the NFL before we actually transition to college football. Um, J.J. Watt's retiring, Bob. And oddly enough, we didn't get a weird Instagram video or a weird caption or maybe like a three-paragraph novel about his NFL career. He just kind of announced he was retiring. Um, the end of an era, one of the more dominant pass rushers in his day. Um, 
Bob, he terrorized the division for a little while, didn't he? No, I mean, absolutely great player. Uh, I'm sure that he will be back front running somewhere next year at the end of the season. Um, either that or, you know, I'll say, you know, Brian Cushing took the fall for J.J. Watt multiple times, and I'm sure that they will go into a clinic together at some point and, you know, open one themselves down in the Houston area, uh, maybe in around 2030, uh, you know, the injection site for athletes of all ages. But until then, congrats to J.J. on a, a, a nice average career. Never got to play in any AFC championship games or anything like that. But, uh, hey, you know, nice letterman jacket, buddy. You got to jump over a box or two. And you're a Reebok athlete, so that's pretty cool. Great yeah. brand. You know, the UFC, J.J. Watt, Reebok. So, who'd have thought? That's well, actually a great mentality right there. That's <laughs> pretty fitting. Yeah, it's, it's true. So, you know, Bob, we've, uh, we're have we finally getting to the point where we're going to get some really good college football games, Bob. New Year's Eve. Here it comes. We're getting one versus four. We've got Georgia versus Ohio State. And two and three, Michigan versus TCU. Um, let's talk about Georgia versus uh, Ohio State first, because to be honest with you, this feels like the simpler of the two matchups. Um, Ohio State got bullied by Michigan. And I think that's important to remember because I think Georgia's a, a lot more physical than, than Michigan is. And because, as we say on this podcast, it just means more. It truly just means more. And I think Georgia's got a few more dogs, pun intended. And I think that they're, I think that honestly, Ohio State's got some guys on the outside that may be able to cause us some issues, but football's one in the trenches, Bob. And I, I just don't see this going well for Ohio State. What say you? It's going to shock you because I'm the SEC homer big time all the time. I'm not going to go ahead and outright say Ohio State wins this game, but I think it's a very close game because of the fact that, yes, I know that uh, Michigan bullied Georgia off the ball, but with a month to prepare, and that was the last time you saw this Ohio State team on the field, they had a bitter taste in their mouth, and Georgia hasn't seen the athletes that Ohio State has all year. Their closest test was Tennessee, which, yes, they shut down, but that style of offense, when you get it in that rhythm and shut it down, it's one of those things where you know Tennessee more relies on the rhythm and the speed than their talent. Ohio State has some dogs, like you said. Marvin Harrison, just like his daddy, is a killer. No pun intended there. Uh, you know, just a couple of guys out there. C.J. Stroud, when he's on, he's on. Obviously, there's moments where he is not. But Georgia's O-line, that's the big thing there. Paris Johnson, one of the nastiest tackles in the whole country there. Dude's a certified absolute stud. Probably the toughest lineman Georgia's faced all year. Let's be quite honest. I'll, I'll say that. Even in the SEC, there's not a lineman probably tougher than Paris Johnson. It, all I'm saying is it's a recipe for this to be a classic game. And I'm not saying Georgia's going to lose because they have that championship pedigree and they are literally just across the board, no weaknesses. But if anyone can take it to them, it's Ohio State with their athletes and speed there. Adam, curious um, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, you're on you're, uh, I agree with you 100%, Bob, because Ohio State's got a ton of talent on the outside. And that's that's kind of their only hope, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, they've got some guys. They've got a few guys in the trenches, and especially, I think they've got the best linemen on the field. But I think the next four probably play for Georgia. I mean, Agreed. and, that, no. and, that, and that's just, and that's one of those things to where, 
I will be interested to see how this game goes because if Ohio State if Ohio State can get something going on offense and we're we're going to figure out a lot not about the players of Ohio State but Ryan Day in this game believe it or not because this is the type of game where coaching matters you've had a month to prepare we're going to see because the big criticism on Ryan Day is that he he basically hit you know started on third base and thought he hit a triple and we're going to see what type of job he will do coaching and no no brighter stage than this the expectations are low you're a four seed playing a one seed let's see how you get up for this game and see if you can't recover from that bad michigan loss no agreed agreed this is this is where you pay ryan day those those big bucks to be the elite coach at ohio state you have the talent around you you know there's no talent gap it's ohio state it's georgia it's five star against five star. At the end of the day, when that cancels out, it's about scheme. It's about coaching. Yep. Kirby Smart's a national championship coach. Let's see if Ryan Day can kind of put himself in that conversation as well. Like you said, Mr. Bourne on third base has a big chance to take his career next step. Yep. And it'll be interesting to see because, you know, Bob, we're talking about one versus four being a pretty even matchup, but two versus three, you've got a little bit of disparity in talent in this game. And of course, TCU has found ways to win games all year. But this Michigan off this Michigan offensive and defensive line have both just I, I don't know where Jim Harbaugh is finding these guys, but they are dominant up front. They're finding ways to just absolutely come off the ball and bully people. And as far as TCU goes, this feels like a game, in my opinion, that we will know what's gonna happen by the end of the first quarter. Because if Michigan lets TCU hang around in this game, they're the type of team that gets more confident as the game goes on. The more they're able to hang in games, the more that they're able to kind of start believing, hey, we've got this. We can win. And, you know, this TCU team is battle-tested. They've been down in so many games this year. I mean, there was one point in time where they were down, I believe it was 20-some-odd points to K-State and still found a way to claw their way back in the game. That being said, Bob, Michigan is not K-State. Michigan is physical. They've got athletes. I think, you know, the running back being out helps TCU, but I'm not sure about this. just feels like there's a little bit too big of a disparity in talent, but I'm picking Michigan, but gosh darn it, do I not want to pick against the Hypnotoad. No, the Hypnotoad magic is real. I fought it all year. I finally succumbed to it a few few weeks ago and gave in. Uh, it's real, but like you said, this Michigan team is nasty. They they were here last year, too. That's the biggest thing. is They had the experience of being in that position. And, yeah, they got mollywopped, but they were there. They've been able to see what that moment was like. Yes, it's a different quarterback with J.J. McCarthy and for Michigan, but you look at both these teams, their quarterbacks – Duggan and McCarthy both have a combined, I think it's seven or eight interceptions between the two. Turnovers are going to be a big thing here, especially early. That first half, momentum is big. If TCU can get a couple of turnovers to get themselves in that game, or if Michigan can you know, get in Max Duggan's head, with that defense as elite as they are, either of these teams gets turnovers and capitalizes on points, that's going to be the difference in this game early and on. And like you said, with TCU, confidence is a dangerous thing. But with Michigan... I've seen them multiple times this year in the third quarter against Rutgers comes to mind where they were, I think, down two points, and they won that game by, I think, 28. So 
Michigan can flip a switch just like anyone in this country can. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say, is that Michigan feels like they've got a switch. Um, they feel like they've got that sixth gear that a lot of cars just don't have. And at this point, it's hard to pick against that because, honestly, they just feel like they've got more tools, more weapons. But like you're saying, Bob, I mean, football, this is why we play the game. I mean, I'm just so excited to sit back and watch both of these games, to be honest with you. I think this is one of the this is one of the more unpredictable years of the college football playoff. It's really fun to have some new blood, some new colors in, involved in this. You know, we even got a little bit of purple going this year, Bob. So who would have thought? But all Nike you know, schools, all Nike schools, though. So yeah, Adidas, if you're watching, hey, there you go. Checks over stripes. I mean, it's just it's it's as simple as that. Bob. Checks over stripes. We are. We are a Czechs podcast. We are we are surely a Nike podcast. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Or honestly, we could be a champs. Right now, we're a champs podcast. A champion. A champion podcast. Wow. Best underwear in the game, by the way. Yeah, we're not Russell though, so that's good. Dude, Russell went out of business, and don't even joke about that because Chapman was a Russell school. We were a Russell we... school. Henderson was a Russell school as well. Yep. Oh no. Yep, those jerseys did not pull at all. They were like cotton thread, like no stretch. Putting those over your shoulder pads was nope. no. Yeah, I've got one of my. Pretty sure my neck is still a little bit dented from just one of the the straps getting stuck. But... Trying to put it on the freaking game. God, uh, they were awful. You know, Bob. Um, at the end of the day, at our core, this is a racing podcast. So, at this point in time, we need to give a sincere thank you to the program manager. At Fox Sports 1, because whoever's idea it was to just play old Daytona races the entirety of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the week there, a chef's kiss. Not even Daytona, Adam. That was the best part. They mixed it up. It was variety. Oh, yes. Was it really? I, dude, every time I turned it on, it was Daytona. I just thought it was. Oh, no. We had we had oh. Rockingham 04. There was Brickyard 94. Oh, my There gosh. was, um, what was it? There was one more on there that was, oh, there was Talladega 09. Um, we had my, some, I mean, we had, my thumb ass got, I, I missed racing so bad. I texted you the other day. I was watching the 1996 Wilkesboro race on YouTube when I was going to sleep the other day. I mean. Very real. Yeah, very real. And let me tell you this, Bob. There is nothing more disappointing to your upper upper middle class family than when you show up to Christmas Day with your Dale Earnhardt shirt on. The man, the myth, the legend, front and back, the most obnoxious Dale Earnhardt shirt. I showed up and everybody looked at me just like, did you get that for Christmas? I was like, nope. There was one man who supported me. Uncle John, the resident NASCAR fan in my family, the man who got me into it, big Hendrick Motorsports guy. We love Uncle John. Because let me tell you, he saw the shirt and he said, absolutely. He goes, man, he goes, I used to sit there and my, he goes, my uncle Butch used to get so mad at me because he was, a, he was a Bill Waltrip fan. <laughs> Dude, he literally went into this big old rant about how he used to hate, his uncle used to hate him because he was an Earnhardt fan. <laughs> so oh, this is. No. He was a Waltrip guy? <laughs> yeah, he was a Waltrip guy. Okay, okay. We like, we love DW on this podcast. That's we very, do. Yeah, we, that's we very clear. If nothing else, we love DW on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I mean, no Adam, problem. I will say this though. I mean, no excuse though on your side for the family. I mean, you didn't even go to public school, so they just they just failed you if if you show up in the NASCAR show. Oh, hold on. I went to public school. 
I went to public. Oh, okay. This is where it transitions. Okay. I went to public school until the eighth grade, and then went to all boys Catholic high school because of my performance in middle school. I see, I see, I see. So there was there was a little bit of indoctrinated culture there. You know the 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 poors, if you got the working class, the working class, the poors, the oh, deplorables goodness. like me. Oh, oh shit. With You're my Denny but... Hamlin bumper sitting behind me, ripped off the wall. Well, there is Southern, and then there's whatever my co-host is with a bumper on his wall. So, Bob, you got anything to to kind of give give the people what they want before we get going here? No, I, I'm sure that uh, the people want their catalytic converters back. But sorry, I needed to pay for Christmas, and uh, uh, you know, you can take it up with your local authorities. But other than that, that be, no, I mean. That... That being said, Bob, um, if anybody is happens to be driving in South Central Los Angeles and sees a 2016 white Ford Fusion titanium, white interior, um, I, I'm still looking for my car. Still so, no car, huh? Still hasn't still shown no up. Car. They didn't Carlos, return it. I am, I am Carlos in California. Carlos in California, as the kids will call it. So I really thought they'd return it. Well, that that's yeah. a shame. Maybe by the next podcast we'll. We'll have a car, but I, Adam, we we went off the rails dangerously a couple of times here for episode thirty-three. Is there anything else that we need to add here? No, we honestly, the fact that we made it out of this one alive feels feels like a blessing in itself. So happy Hanukkah, we'll see, Merry we'll Kwanzaa, see, Merry Christmas. We'll see about alive. We'll we'll see about alive. We'll listen to the tape and see about that. Well, we're just gonna have to figure it out. Well, this was the last podcast of the year, so the next time you'll be listening to us. It'll be next year, so (laughs) see you next year.